For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject patterns of exile and redemption in exodus this is part one of the series shalom and i'd like to welcome everybody to the hebraic heritage ministries yeshiva discipleship program looking at patterns of exile and redemption from the torah we need to understand two very important principles as we're doing so in our application of what we are examining and that is number one that the torah is a parable that will teach us about the end of days. In Psalm chapter 78 verses 1 and 2 and in verse 4 it is written, Give ear, O my people, to my Torah. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. So it says, Give ear to my Torah. I will open my mouth in a parable. Therefore the Torah is a parable which means that there is a deeper meaning to the Torah than what we read in its literal context. That deeper meaning is to teach us about the Messiah and his redemptive work. The ultimate understanding of the Torah and how it's a parable and how it applies to Yeshua and his redemptive work is to be ultimately understood in its fullness by the generation that would see the coming of Yeshua at the dawn of the Messianic era. So in Psalm 78 verse 4 it says, We will not hide them from their children, showing the generation to come. And the word to come is the Strong's number 314. It's the Hebrew word akaron, which means the last or the latter end. And so we will not hide them from their children, showing the last generation, the generation that will see the coming of King Messiah and the Messianic era. Yeshua told us that the Torah teaches us about him. Luke chapter 24 verse 36 and verse 44 it is written. And as they thus spake, Yeshua himself stood in the midst of them and said Peace be unto you. And as he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the Torah of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Yeshua tells us that the Torah, the prophets, and the Psalms speak of 
him. John chapter 5 verse 39, Yeshua says these words, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. The scriptures, the Torah, the prophets, and the Psalms testify of him. How do they testify of him? In the aspect of a parable or a sowed or illusions or hints or patterns in principles. Therefore, Yeshua is to be understood in the context of what we are specifically studying in this session, which is the patterns of exile and redemption. There's another very important Torah principle, which is this, that the events that happen to the patriarchs are a foreshadowing of what will happen to their descendants, or to state it another way, biblical history is prophecy. In the Art Scroll of Genesis, Volume 1, page 3, 398 and 436 it says the concept of the deeds of the patriarchs are a sign for their children refers to the distillation of the national history in the lives of the patriarchs whatever happened to the patriarchs is a sign to their children that is the lives of the patriarchs is a sign of what will happen to their children and looking at the things that happened to our forefathers specifically Abraham in his life. In Genesis chapter 12 verse 10 we're told that Abraham went to Egypt as it is written. And there was a famine in the land and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there for the famine was grievous in the land. This is a foreshadowing that the descendants of Abraham would go to Egypt and this is how the book of Exodus begins. Exodus chapter 1 verse 1 and verse 5 it is written. Now these are are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt. Every man and his household came with Jacob. And all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were seventy souls, for Joseph was in Egypt already. In the commentary of the Torah by Moses Nachmanides or the Ramban, and he lived in the Middle Ages. On page three of his commentary to the book of Exodus, he writes these words. The book of Exodus was set apart to tell the story of the first exile, that is the exile of Egypt, which had been clearly decreed or was stated to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15 and the redemption therefrom. That is why he reverted and began this second book of the Torah with the names of those persons who went down to Egypt and mentioned their total number, that is 70, although this had already been written previously in in Genesis chapter 46. It is because there too constituted the beginning of the exile which began from that moment on. Now the exile was not completed until the day that they returned to their place that is the land of Israel and were restored to the status of their fathers. When they came to Mount Sinai and they made the tabernacle and the Holy One blessed be He caused His divine presence to dwell again among them that is when they returned to the status of their fathers when the Sod Aleka, the council of God, was upon their tent. And they were those who were constituted the chariot of the Holy One. Then they were considered redeemed. So the second book of the Torah concludes with the consummation of the building of the tabernacle and the glory of the Lord filling it 
always. So what are we told here? That the completion of redemption is the God of Israel dwelling with his people. That being the case, we read at the end of the book of Exodus in chapter 40, verse 34, then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The glory of the Lord filling the tabernacle is the God of Israel dwelling with his people. And as we're going to see from Revelation chapter 21, the glory of the Lord here refers to Yeshua the Messiah dwelling and being with his people. In the Art Scroll of Genesis, volume 1, page 380, we are told that the rabbis teach that there is a heavenly Jerusalem. The sages speak of a holy temple on high that will descend to the earth when the deeds of Israel merit it. The third temple may be built by workmen with stone and beams, but even that will only be a physical representation of the ultimate world of the Spirit because there is a Jerusalem on high. This is what we're told in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5 that the earthly tabernacle is a shadow of the true heavenly tabernacle as it is written who serve under the example and shadow of heavenly things as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle for see says he that you make all things according to the pattern shown to you in the mount this is a foreshadowing that is the tabernacle in the wilderness and the temple that was built is a foreshadowing of the true tabernacle and temple in heaven which we read about in Revelation chapter 21 verse 1, 3 and verse 23 as it is written and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them so this new heaven, new earth, and specifically the new Jerusalem is likened unto a tabernacle, and we're told that God will dwell with them. And who is dwelling with his people? Revelation 21, verse 23. And the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. So the glory of God filling the tabernacle at the end of the book of Exodus speaks of Yeshua dwelling with his people. In Exodus chapter 1 verse 6 and verse 8 we're told that in the context of describing the time of the Exodus that there arose a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. Exodus chapter 1 verse 6 and verse 8 it is written and Joseph died and all of his brethren and all that generation. Now there arose a new king over Egypt which knew not Joseph. This is speaking or making an allusion of what could be regarded as the rise of anti-Semitism. The rise of anti-Semitism and having no regard for the God of Israel and the covenant that he made with his people and following his ways is 
what precedes Exodus. It is what precedes redemption. We can see this in Genesis chapter 31 verses 1 through 3 where we're told that Laban's change of attitude toward Jacob is what caused the God of Israel to tell him, now it's time to return to the land. Genesis 31, 1. And he heard the words of Laban's son saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's. You can see that as there arose a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph or anti-Semitic thought in actions. And of that which was our father's has he gotten all this glory. And Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban and behold it was not toward him as before. And because of these accusations and the countenance of Laban was not toward Jacob as things originally were. Then the God of Israel says in Genesis 31 verse 3, the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and to your kindred and I will be with you. We can see that before the persecution of the Jewish people in the time of the reign of the Greek Empire, what preceded the persecution was an anti-Semitic attitude toward the Jewish people, which initially was in the form of acceptance, but then it turned into open and outright anti-Semitic behavior and actions. Daniel chapter 8 verse 22 describes the Greek kingdom. Now that being broken, whereas four stood up for it, four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation, but not in his power. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to a full end, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. This is referring to Antiochus Epiphanes, historically, but it's an allusion to the end of days and one world government and the beast rising up out of the sea is what it alludes to as it relates to the end of days. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power, and he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice, and he shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. In the end of days, we can see how we are told that a red dragon arises and persecutes a believing remnant of Israel in Revelation in chapter 12, verses 1, 3, 6, and 17, it is written, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, and a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. This uh, dragon that has seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns is a description of one world government and the rise of the beast of Revelation 13. And when you have this red dragon, this beast system, it persecutes Israel, Revelation 12 verse 6, and causes the woman to flee into the wilderness. This is describing Exodus, where she had a place prepared of God that they should feed her for 1,203 score days. This is referring to the Exodus back to the land of Israel in the end of days. And the duration of time of this Exodus is three and a half years to return back to the land of Israel. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, 
which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Yeshua HaMashiach. These are believers in Yeshua as the Messiah who are Torah observant. In Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 and 16 and verse 22, we're told how at the time of the Exodus that Pharaoh decrees the death of every Hebrew son. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Shipra, and the name of the other Pua, and he said, When you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then you will kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. So first, Pharaoh says this to the Hebrew midwives. Look what happens next. And Pharaoh charged all the people, saying, Every son that is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. You see the progression? So that is a pattern that precedes Exodus. That is a pattern that precedes redemption, is there will be increasing levels of animosity toward the people of the God of Israel. What have we seen in America in our generation? First, they were talking about whether you teach creation in school or evolution. And then they went from that to having an abortion fight. Now they're having a homosexuality fight and whether you should accept homosexuality marriage. And now it's progressed to the place that anyone who even disagrees with homosexual marriage is regarded as a radical or rightist and extremist. There have been a progression and it's got to culminate into outright hatred and condemnation of anyone who believes in the God of Israel. These things precede Exodus. These things precede redemption. In the days of Yeshua, Herod sought to take the life of Yeshua when he was born. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, 3, and verse 13, it is written, Now when Yeshua was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When the Savior of Israel is born, the enemy wants to destroy the Savior of Israel to be born. Now, let's look at the biblical pattern of exile or bondage and of redemption or deliverance. It follows this pattern. Number one, the people of the God of Israel quit following Torah and quit teaching Torah to their children. That's the start of it. And what follows that is the people of the God of Israel going into exile because they're not following Torah and physical or spiritual bondage. Number three, after being in exile and experiencing physical and spiritual bondage, the people of the God of Israel cry unto the God of Israel because of their exile in bondage. And in doing that, the God of Israel, by his mercy, sends a deliverer to redeem his people from their physical or spiritual bondage or being in exile. Now let's look at step number one is quit following Torah. In Isaiah chapter 42, verses 22 and 24, it is written, 
But this is a people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes, and they are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey, and none delivers for a spoil, and none says restore. Who gave Jacob for a spoil and Israel to the robbers? Did not the Lord, he against whom we have sinned? For they would not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient to his Torah. So as a result of not walking in the ways of the God of Israel and being obedient to his Torah, his people are said to be in a prison house or exile or bondage. The rabbis teach that the children of Israel in Egypt, that they had went to the 49th level of impurity. And the rabbis say that the lowest level of impurity is 50. They had gone just to the brink where they had steeped to the lowest level of impurity. And it was at that point that the God of Israel then brought redemption to his people. We are commanded to teach Torah to our children. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 through 7 it is written Hear O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might in these words which I command you this day what words is he commanding them this day that is Torah shall be in your heart the Torah shall be written upon your heart Psalm chapter 40 verses 7 and 8 and you shall teach them diligently unto your children you will talk of them when you sit in your house when you walk by the way when you lie down when you rise up. That means all the time, not just one time a week when you gather with everybody else. Psalm 78 verse 5 says, For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a Torah in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Isaiah 54 verse 13, And all your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Not teaching our children Torah causes them to go in into exile or bondage. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 9. This is a rebellious people. Now let's look at the definition of being rebellious. Lying children, children that will not hear the Torah of the Lord. If you don't follow Torah, you're regarded as being rebellious. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Let's see what is defined as being knowledge. Because you've rejected knowledge, I will reject you, and you will be no priest to me, seeing you have forgotten the Torah of your God, I will forget your children. So if you're to teach your children Torah and you don't, that means they will as a result not follow Torah, probably, and they will end up going into spiritual bondage. So that is why when you forget the Torah of your God, God forgets your children. He's not forgetting your children. It's a consequence of disobedience. Step number two is going into exile and spiritual and physical bondage. Exodus chapter 1 verses 13 and 14 it is written and the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor you see once they went to the 49th level of impurity which is what the rabbis teach it resulted in their bondage that the Egyptians imposed upon them and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and all manner of service in the field all their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor Deuteronomy chapter 26 verse 6 it is written and the Egyptians evil entreated us and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bondage. We can see that not following Torah and the ways of the God of Israel results in exile or bondage from Judges chapter 2 verses 11 and 13 and 14 as it is written. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and they served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord and they served Baal and Ashtoreth. 
Ashtoreth is the goddess of sex and fertility. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Step number three, as a result of being in exile and in bondage, the children of Israel will cry out to the God of Israel because of their situation. Exodus chapter 2 verse 23. And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage, and they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. We can see this as well in Judges chapter 10 verse 10. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, saying, We have sinned against you because we have forsaken our God, and we have served Balaam. Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, Patterns of Exile and Redemption in Exodus. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.